Coulter Bouchard, our friend from 102.1 The Edge, stops by. We'll cover a wide range of issues, including the guidance from Dr. Kieran Moore yesterday. Uh, some follow-up to whether politicians need more security, much more security than they currently have, or do they not? And uh, a few other issues as well. Love our chats. He's with us right here, right now. It's great to have you on. Uh, if you and I were to have a baby together, and that goes into a whole nother layer oh, of conversation. I know um, only one of us, you know, it, it, like if you were having my baby, Coulter, and I wasn't allowed in to see your <laughs> ultrasound, you can imagine how I'd feel, buddy. Come on. Listen, when the segment started with Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil, I should have known that something was going to come up. To your point, though, about not being able to see loved ones in the hospital, I was an inpatient last year for a couple of weeks, and I loved it. People were like, oh, can we come and visit you? And they were going to make exceptions for me at the hospital. I was like, no, 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 no. This is a three-week vacation for me, baby. I don't know what the uh, the birth of your child was like, but that gets crowded in there also. Like, And I, I misunderstood how that works because I remember – we had our first baby in the middle of the night, and I remember calling my parents in tears going, I was like Ron Burgundy in the phone booth going, it's a guy, it's a boy, I can't believe it, I'm a father. And then you're, and they're like, oh, cool, it's two in the morning, we're going to go back to bed, and uh, we'll be there like sometime late tomorrow. And I'm like, what, you don't get in the car immediately and, and drive down the 401 and cross the border to come see your, your first grandson? But, yeah, because you know, that's what they wanted to do was show up at three in the morning, right? <laughs> right. Just that's like, what mom, that's what the coffee. new mom wants, too. She's just created this <laughs> miracle of life, and she wants to be stared at at five in the morning by uh, by my parents. Yeah, Not a no chance. kidding. Um, so, yeah, yesterday was sort of like it was a little bit of a retro day. We had a news conference from the chief medical officer of health. I was saying to Sheba earlier how stressful all of those were. They're like only 20 percent in big box stores. Mm. Small stores are closed. Schools are going back on. That wasn't like that yesterday. But I do understand it. And I think the biggest takeaway for some people is, Coulter, the isolation for covid positive cases, the idea that. If I felt a scratch in my throat, tested positive, I'd shrug my shoulders and go, well, I'll just roll right into work today. I understand people are a little wary maybe about that principle of it, but I, if we don't trust people after 31 months, I don't know where we go next. Well, keep in mind, we also had to spend tens of millions of dollars at the beginning of the pandemic to remind people how to wash their hands, Craig. So if your question is, can we trust people? I don't necessarily know. We can't even trust people to return shopping carts, right? And we're expecting them to follow public health orders. To your point, though, uh, you know, I, I think ultimately it's up to you to make the decision that is best for you or, or the smartest for your coworkers. But honestly, I think this is a real reach around for businesses, which are, yeah. let's be honest, having staffing issues uh they're no longer going to be required in a lot of cases to provide sick days and i know that a lot of places don't have you know sick days we're lucky as employees of this company to have a bank of i believe it's 10 and, and i've used those in the past it's a wonderful thing mm -hmm. to have and i truly wish that everybody had access to that and i hope that one day we do move in that direction not only as a province but as a country but i think that this is the government essentially saying to businesses like we got you don't worry about it well, and I think there's that element. I, I saw a stat from the, uh, now it's a, an American stat, but I bet you we're no different, Coulter. Coulter. The CDC in the United States uh, documented that 90% of employees admit 
they have gone to work when they're sick. And I sure have before because you and, you know, especially with radio, it's kind of, you know, not like I'm I'm not going to knock any other business. Not anyone can uh, sell a Lamborghini. Well, maybe they can. But anyone can. Larry (laughs) David tried to sell a car on curb once and it was disastrous. So maybe maybe not everybody can do it. But I know that if I start to feel a little rough at eight o'clock at night, getting somebody there for 4 a.m. or getting somebody into afternoon drive for you, those aren't the easiest things. That said, We've all tried to play hurt, and I think we know now not to do that anymore. We're going to get the evil eye. We're going to get called onto the carpet for bringing any sort of flu or sickness or respiratory disease into the workplace. I think we're smarter about that now. Uh, it's funny that you say that because I know a couple of people, and again, our company's been very good about this. And the Look at you. Been... Look, I mean, boy, you are. there's some some fluff and stuff happening here. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. You Are you coming into contract negotiations? Good luck with that. But here's the thing. I have a lot of friends who go, you know, I feel the pressure once again, even after two and a half years of a pandemic, I feel the pressure once again, even when I'm sick, I don't want to let down my team. And I've got one friend in particular and he's like, my boss, like he made a couple of jokes about it, but very much under that, that kind of top veneer of humor was dude, get your ass back into the office. Like we're paying you to be here, you know, use your best judgment. If you don't think it's COVID, it is what it is. Roll on in. Yeah, and that is something. And I will listen. I'm going to echo your sentiment because uh, you know we lost my father-in-law about three weeks ago, and this company. Uh, I won't forget this anytime soon. This company stepped up and said, "How much time do you need? Take mm-hmm. the time that you do need." Uh, they made a, a donation in kind uh, to the Alzheimer's Society of Canada. Like it's, it, not everyone is as lucky as you and I are. That said, yes, if you're coming in sick and you're contagious, odds are you're going to get someone else sick. But the isolation, like there have been 10 days, five days, I, I like th- there's a huge reason why there's staffing shortages. And our health care is an obvious example of this. There's perfectly healthy people who might be sick for a day and a half. But if they have to sit out those other eight and a half days mandatorily, you're going to end up with some staffing shortages. Well, and what if you don't have, you know, guaranteed paid sick leave uh, or, or, or a sick day allotment where you work, right? Like you could be you could be SOL for, like you said, eight and a half yeah. days of not getting paid. On the other hand, though, you could be putting other people at risk. You are potentially putting other people at risk and they could be losing time as well. So we need mm. to strike this balance. And unsurprisingly, after 31 months of a pandemic, we just haven't found that balance. Or maybe we're putting on the blinders and we're ignoring the balance, Greg. Do you ever get to reminiscence of uh, high school? Like, did you were you always excited to go back to high school? I kind of was. I hated elementary school. High school is excited to go to, and university. This is a really fun week once you've moved. This is like move-in day for a lot of uh, off-campus. Obviously, you start renting your apartment usually in September. This is a big day to move old couches in and posters that are that may be non-politically correct, even back in 1994. All that stuff, right? Oh, I think people are still putting up the old. There's there's the two posters, right? Reservoir Dogs and Scarface, every <laughs> single dorm. Oh, I had a Tarantino-obsessed roommate. I'm so, Yeah, I had a ab... I was in living in a house of seven guys when um, when Reservoir Dogs came out and, and four of us were still living together when Pulp Fiction came out. Damn, so, you are old. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so you watched Friday night. I, I think we're all still reacting to it. We watched the Christian Freeland video. You and I haven't talked about it. I think there's there's two lenses, right, for us as males to look at that. One, mm. I don't know how that could possibly feel. I think we've all had dudes kind of creep up on us, but it's not the same scenario. And I and I I think there hasn't been enough talk about the three um, you know, staffers for Christopher Freeland mm. that would have felt exactly what she felt 
in that in that um, elevator. So when I see the video, Coulter, I already know there's been act, no actual violence, but they don't know that as that's happening. It's it's still disturbing and disrupting to watch it again. Well, and that's the thing, you know, you, you make such a good point about even watching this as a male, like you can sympathize, but it's kind of hard to empathize. And I mean, I'm six foot one, but 155 pounds, like you sneeze mm-hmm. and I blow over. Um, <laughs> but please also cover your mouth when you sneeze. We've been doing this long Stay enough. Stay home right? and sneeze. That's yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Isolate for 10 days. Sure. Um, but but why why was there no security? Do you know what I mean? Like you look at the prime minister and, and I'm sure you've been to events where the prime minister has been there, um, especially if it's an outdoor appearance. The guy's got like a team of 15 snipers it's like he's got the avengers backing him up and you've got the deputy prime minister who is you know by definition one step below the prime minister and i don't know maybe i'm missing something i didn't see a single security guard greg not one meanwhile trudeau as he should as he deserves and and as we need him to he's got like a dozen uh, you know a dozen people on a security detail where were the security guards it is an interesting concept they've made a lot of movies about um you know, U.S. Secret Service, right? Like, and like, like, there's uh, Olympus has fallen, or Clint Eastwood in the line mm. of fire when he's trying to stop John Malkovich, and you're like, there haven't been too many hit box office winners about Canadian politicians' <laughs> security forces over the years. It's weird how that's worked itself out. We've never seen somebody Rick Moranis come back as a uh, you know a, a protector of uh, of Brian Mulroney or Lester Pearson back in the day. You don't see those movies terribly often. It does speak to whether or not. We need more. But I, I, you know, I say, God, do we want to be like that? And at the same time, um, I don't want any of this to escalate. I was in the UK when a female MP was murdered on the street by a crazed man. And it obviously dominated the news cycle mm. the next four days. And people are like, what could have been done to prevent this? But I, I don't know if we want SWAT teams escorting every MP everywhere or every MPP for that matter. Right. Every politician's under some fire here. Well, and there's this expression I like. It's about 1,500 years old, and on top of that, I will absolutely butcher it. But basically, it comes down to there is not enough shoe leather on the globe to cover the entire earth like mm-hmm. it's it's far more efficient and economical to just cover your own feet and, and essentially wear shoes right we can't be barefoot everywhere but i think how that relates to this is do we necessarily want every single elected official to have a security detail of two or three people 24 hours a day i don't know what that would cost i imagine the bill for that amount of security would be in the billions with a b yeah. um i think that ultimately it comes down to having a national conversation about this and we need greg buy-in from people who aren't politicians and who don't work in media because people in either one of those professions and and you know as we work in media people in those two professions are viewed as elites by i i think most people but certainly a a certain proportion of the demographic and i don't mean anything by that contextually but we need to have more people buying in we need to have more people having conversations with themselves because if we continue down the path we've been going down this is just going to get worse we see a lot of politicians not only embracing this but also weaponizing this anger you got and, it. and that's when we see things like this happen because well i'm not just doing it because i'm disaffected or i'm angry i'm doing it to appease this politician with whom i have intertwined my identity i think you make a great point there and i i remember in the couple days before covid really became everything and everywhere the biggest news story for days on end was Harry and Meghan moving to Vancouver, mm. right? Remember they did that? And then we're like, should we pay for their security? Everybody's mm. like, no, of course not. I, other, than, other than anybody except the, uh, I know the kids call them stands, right? If you're a big <laughs> Harry or Meghan stan. 
Is that plural? If there's two well, people you, uh, involved? Listen, listen. I, you know, I, I think this is breaking news. Dave, uh, Greg Brady and Coulter Bouchard and Dave Bradley as well coming out as Harry and Meghan stands. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure everything in the Oprah interview was like, like, you know, we could have hooked her up to the Robert De Niro Meet the Parents uh, uh, polygraph. Oh, no. I, uh, you know, you, let me get this straight. You're a prisoner at, at in the palace, right? You can't leave. But I've got there's photos of you having lunch in New York City. Taking the Concord across the Atlantic. Okay, 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 fine. And maybe like Trump, they've got a Diet Coke button. I'm trying to get my hands on one of those, by the way. Amazing. Gas uh, gas down to $1.51 a liter. It's going to be $1.49 overnight. Um, you know, we had a listener earlier point out, hey, Greg, trucks still are paying $2 a gallon for diesel. Ooh. That's what takes you the goods and services. Those are the trucks that deliver to grocery stores and Amazon warehouses. And they're right. So that, you know, but for a consumer... How do we complain about this? We were all worried. People canceled full-on family vacations for weeks uh-huh. on end because we thought we'd be paying two twenty. Also, where's our apology, Coulter? Let me tell you something, Mr. Brady. I bought a Dodge Challenger when I beat cancer the first time back when gas was eighty cents a liter two years ago, and now it's just like you know, this is this is painful. I'm crying every time I'm at the pump. It's You're too pathetic. young for a midlife crisis, by the way, <laughs> or, or an end li- or an end of life crisis, by quarter the way. life crisis. That's right. Quarter life crisis. That's right. I think this is one of those things that, you know, it's it's that old saying, right? If you want to borrow money from someone, ask them for a kidney first, and then they'll be relieved it's only money. So when we saw gas prices, what did they top out at? Two and a quarter a liter for, for you know, uh, regular gas or something obscene like that? Yeah, in comparison to that, a dollar fifty one a liter sounds pretty okay. And I, you know what? Like, even before 2022, I think it peaked during the pandemic around a dollar forty, and even that was painful. So this, yes, it's coming closer in line with what we've been experiencing in the last couple of years but this is still pardon the expression highway robbery it is you you're right it isn't it isn't but let's let's take the option of going down to uh, a concert at bud stage or a ball game or a soccer or just going somewhere downtown period is if you and me i always use this example you me and two friends are going on the go train there's not exactly a group discount so we're paying 80 bucks 80 bucks man we're paying 80 bucks and then we're walking I don't like to ask Shiba Siddiqui. I don't like to walk on the best of days. What's a if I don't have a golf club in my hand or there's not a, a destination? Why am I out for a walk? What am I doing? Well, and also we don't want to see you walking downtown with a golf club. Okay, you're a nice guy. I know that. Some people might be freaked. Or out. on the go train. Yeah. What, <laughs> exactly. Who's that crazy maniac with a four iron? <laughs> and why can't he swing it properly? But that's a disincentive. Like that. That it just we just get back in the car again. So. You know, there's the concept of doing the right thing and being friendly to the environment. But until Metrolink says, uh, hey, we'll give you a group discount for for two couples to go downtown on a Saturday night. We're going to skip paying the 80 bucks, pay 18 bucks in in parking and maybe Mm. 12 in gas. And we got 50 bucks to share amongst us. Seriously. Well, that's exactly it. Like, how do we incentivize people taking public transit? And the reality is not only does it need to be more affordable, it also needs to be more efficient. And yes, I mean, Greg, you and I work in Durham region. We're lucky to be on the Lakeshore East line, which runs every 30 <laughs> minutes or something like that. But still, I mean, you know, it's it's late at the, it's not 30 minutes every single hour, right? Like as you get closer to the end of the day, suddenly it's, it's you know, every, every 60 minutes or something like that. And then, okay, you get back to the GO train. Are you then Ubering anyway? Do you know what I mean? Like, what are we doing to 
to eliminate using the car. And the reality is we, we need to incentivize it. We need to make people go, ah, that's the better option, not just because it's better for the environment, but it's better for my pocketbook as well. And that's the only way that we're going to convince people to do that is when it has a material benefit. Well, I know I know. going westbound, the classy people from Ajax try and get on and the unwashed people from Oshawa and Whitby have all the like good me. seats already. Exactly. We don't. <laughs> you send us to the upstairs in those corner seats and we're like, how did... How is this happening? All right, last night, I don't know if you uh, if you saw it, and I don't think you have to be into sports to recognize. Serena Williams is probably, uh, Coulter, I don't know, one of the most, I think one of the most 20 recognizable people on the planet. The GOAT, right? yeah. So she's that. She's 40 years old, and she, uh, we saw Bianca Andrescu tear her apart, win a Grand Slam in 2019. We're all probably rooting against Serena then. But she, I think now it's her last tournament. She announced that in Toronto. She beats a 25-year-old number two ranked player in the mm. world last night. Coulter, I don't know the like if you're at the top of your game, even if you're not at the top of your game, losing in an athletic endeavor to somebody 15 years older than you when you're 25, that's a tough thing to do. You have a, do you have any stories from your past where you lost to somebody? I have one, but do you have anything where somebody was way older or out of shape and you're like? Wow, this is a reality check for me that somebody a decade and a half older just schooled me here. Summer of 1970. Sorry, summer of 1997. <laughs> hey, Brian I'm Adams six years songs? Old. What are yeah, we doing no here? Kidding. Okay, fine. I, I'm six years old. I'm playing t-ball. I'm sure something happened with that. I was actually, when when I was watching a clip of the game last night, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and we're kicking the ball in the backyard. I'm like, I wonder if that's the same. Like, if I could give her <laughs> that same experience of, like, kicking her old man's butt, you know, when we're kicking around this giant ball. Um, I think that, you know, the 25-year-old who lost, at the end of the day, okay, you lost a against the greatest tennis player, the greatest athlete of all time. So, yeah, it sucks, mm. but you're also the best in the world except for one person who's the best in the world. Do you know what I mean? I do. How I do. can you feel bad? I'll give you a quickie. So I'm 19, and I still think I can play tennis. I still think I'm I'm really good. Um, but this was the night I realized I wasn't. As I'm in this tournament, I'm playing on clay courts, so you know it's fancy. And I lose in three sets to a guy who looks about 34. He's got he's getting a little of that mid-30s beer gut happening. He's wearing glasses. <laughs> okay. Now, my friend, I'm a little bit down after the match, and then I'm talking to my friends who I played with who are all a couple years older than me, and they're like, um, we didn't want to tell you this, but you, like I went to get a, to fill up a Gatorade or something after the first set or second set. And they're like, we didn't want to tell you this, but that guy hauled off on two cigarettes in between the, the, oh, the sets. No. I'm like, I lost to a smoker <laughs> who's 15 years Ugh. older than me. He's got a dart hanging out of his mouth I the feel whole like, time. I feel like Serena wasn't crunching down on some Virginia Slims last night in between the sets. A couple of menthols. You that's never it. know. Just I think that. they're healthier for you, right? But th- that's good advice. Yeah, we started talking <laughs> about health and, and preserving uh, you know, uh, preserving hospital beds. And, and I, I'm worried we just advocated for smoking while playing sports. But maybe we didn't. Coulter, loved our visit. Thanks for the time. Always a pleasure, Greg. Thank you. You're the best. Coulter uh, Bouchard joining us on uh, Toronto today. You can hear Coulter and Meredith on our sister station, The Edge, for afternoon drive to take you home.